everyone, Sarah Brown Wessling here from the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. And I am so excited to announce the third season of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. CCSSO's National Teacher of the Year program provides a platform for exceptional educators to elevate issues that affect teachers and their students, to expand their leadership roles, and to inform policy and practice. In this season of the podcast, 2022 State Teachers of the Year will teach us about the lessons their students keep talking about. Maybe it's the one that they come back to years later and tell the teachers about, or maybe it's the one their most recent students have asked for over and over again. This season, we are honored to have two past State Teachers of the Year conducting the interviews themselves. You'll hear Stacy McAdoo, 2019 Arkansas State Teacher of the Year, John Arthur, 2021 State Teacher of the Year, and me in conversation with our teachers throughout this season. I invite you to listen to these incredible stories. Okay, welcome to the Voices from the Classroom podcast. I am Stacey McAdoo, your forever 2019 Arkansas Teacher of the Year, and I am here today with Ms. Lisa Garcia, the 2022 Rhode Island State Teacher of the Year. Woo-woo! Woo-hoo! <laughs> um, Lisa, can you introduce yourself and give us a little bit of information about you? Hi, my name is Lisa Garcia. I am the 2022 Rhode Island State Teacher of the Year, as you said, and I teach high school math in North Kingstown, Rhode Island at North Kingstown High School. I have been teaching for about three decades, most of it at North Kingstown High School. Wow. 30 years. High school. I know. I know. When they said it in my speech of, of my you know congratulations speech and they said over three decades, I was like, wow. When you're talking about decades, that means that you've been teaching for a long time. Yes. Speaking about talking about, um, can you tell me about a lesson that your students keep talking about? Yes, I can. So a lesson that my students keep talking about, even after the school year, sometimes when they come back to visit or in emails that I might get after, after they graduate or when they walk in the halls after they've had me for a year or two is the lesson I have on cooperative learning and collaboration. So a few weeks into school, after we start to get settled and they know me and I know them a little bit more, um, I begin with the induction or the hook. And I talk to them about an industrial fellowship that I had. So I had the pleasure, luck, joy of working at Raytheon Technologies early in my career as an industrial fellow paired with the Rhode Island Department of Ed and um, University of Rhode Island. So in this, so this is my hook talking to the kids because they're like, here we go. You know, math is boring, all of those things. So I start to talk to them about my fellowships and they they're impressed that I have some real world experience now and talk about the the um, programs that I had the pleasure to work on, talking about the technologies and the math involved with them, which it's always great for them to see the real world applications. But at the, so as at my time in Raytheon, towards the end, I was asked to give a presentation to the other Rhode Island fellows that were doing similar programs at different industries. So I was preparing a presentation and I met with one of my managers and I asked, he was a mathematician that worked in the program that I was working. So I said to him, he was very smart, very high up 
in his um, career and I respected him a great deal. I said, so what do I need to do better? Do I need to do trig? Do I need to do more problem solving? Do I, what do I need to teach my students? So I'm sharing this all with my students. And what he said to me surprised me and it changed my trajectory of my career. He said, we need to have students, we need to have engineers, mathematicians, computer scientists that know how to collaborate and communicate. And at that point, I share a few stories that, you know, the managers have shared with me and my husband, who is an engineer, um, shared with me about miscommunication, whether you're in different countries or you're in the same room, the lack of understanding how to collaborate and communicate, particularly for those of us that are really good at math. And um, so I talked to the students about it. And then we talk about how often do you, what careers do you think you use math? And what careers do you think you need to collaborate? So really thinking about like, what is it that, you know, you might not work at Raytheon working on submarines and missiles and cool stuff like that, but you could, you're going to have to have clients, you're going to have to have a boss, you're going to have coworkers, and you're going to have to work together. So we, I start to prep them with that. And then we start to talk a little bit about, you know, the importance of it with this, this communication with, within the classroom and talking to one another. And we're beginning the step, the foundation of building our, our community, our learning community. So I say, so let's see how we are. So we, you know, I get them into groups and I am very fortunate that I stumbled upon uh, Sarah Vanderwerf on Twitter and she's a math teacher and she has this great activity called the 100s activity. So I get them into their groups they're all like, yeah, this is going to be great. What is she going to have us do? Is it going to be, you know, going to teach calculus from geometry to algebra one? So I put the papers on their desk. They don't know what's on their paper. They all have a pencil. They're in their groups and said, okay, this is going to be a timed activity. And the activity is going to be like, you know, talking the first round. You're not going to talk. You have this task. And I show them the slides in the smart board. Your task is to circle the numbers consecutively from one to 100. So every student is capable of this. They know one to 100. We review what the word consecutive means. And then I say, you need to go in order and you need to pick, keep your order. You've got one, you've got two, you've got three. They're like, oh, this is easy. We got this. The groups are really excited. And um, so I say, you got two minutes to do what you can. So they, they said, on your mark, get set, go. And they flip over the paper. And when you look at the paper, it's the numbers one through 100. They're scattered. They're all different sizes. And they're like, we've got this. So they start to take their pencils. You can hear the, the circling. I walk around, check to see. Now I'm just getting to know who they are as collaborators. So you can start to see, you can see some hesitation. You see some nervousness of belonging, you know, like wondering how am I going to fit into this? But then once they see the task is fairly simple yet hard, the fact that the way that um, Sarah um, organized the numbers around the paper is they really are hard to notice. So students are struggling to find theirs and they're not talking, but you see somebody point, you see somebody point, you see somebody point and um, say, all right, you got 10 seconds. And then I call time. So then as we have a whole group regroup. And they're like, how did it go? Well, it was okay, but I wasn't really sure what I was doing. 
And what number did you get up to? Some students got up to 10, which you'd think that they'd be up to 100. So two minutes, they're up to 10. Some were 30. Some were 45. It really didn't, the difference of an Algebra 1 class or Geometry class or an AP Calculus class, it didn't matter for this activity. They were all about, the highest was about 40. So I say, all right, now let's change the rules. I'm going to give you all highlighters. And yeah, you, everybody's going to have a different highlighter. And now I want you to develop a plan. Like you see what it looks like. You can discuss things. And now, so I said, okay, you have one minute to discuss. And then we're going to do two minutes again. So then you hear them and you see them all lean in. And you're like, they're like, okay, what do we do? Well, you're going to go first and you're going to go second. And, and it's interesting because some people realize they should have gone left to right or right to left, but not crisscross. And um, this year it was really cool because I had a new student from a different school and his former teacher had done this. So at this point, he was allowed to share his knowledge. So he shared his knowledge like this is what I think it is. This is what I did. Here's the pattern. This will help us. And for his new student coming into the school, I think he felt really empowered. So it was a great activity for him. Some students notice the pattern because there's a little technique. So they, they develop, they're developing their, their plan. I say, okay, let's go. So they begin again. The timer starts. They've got their highlighter and they're highlighting and they're all excited. Now everybody has beautiful collaborative body language. They're leaning in. They're helping and pointing to one another. The, some people are, are, are looking and noticing and so at this point, I go around and I take pictures. I take pictures of that great collaborative work. And it's beautiful. It's what we would hope to see every class. And I get excited and I know that they're feeling good. I know that they're feeling like they belong and they have a sense of purpose because a task is extremely doable. And then I call time. And I think this year I had one group get to 100. Some groups at this point say, can we keep going until we finish? And then, so I, I give them a little bit more time and then we stop and then we talk. What did you notice? What did you see? We talk about the pattern. The way that Sarah organized it is that it's actually in four quadrants, the numbers. So if they manage to, to understand that and they rotate their paper to match the quadrants, it works perfectly. Um, if they don't, then they have that moment where they're reflecting because now they've worked in highlighters and they see all of the green highlighter were in the bottom left or the bottom right. And, and they say like, and then some, and I said, did you notice anything? And somebody always raises their hand. They're in quadrants and they're like, oh my goodness. And everybody's excited and they're talking about it and it's great. So I have the pictures. I like set myself the pictures. So I show them their pictures and I said, look at how y'all looked. Tell me what you tell me what was happening and how did you feel? So we talked about that. We talk about how did you feel? What was your purposeful body language? You were leaning in, your shoulders were facing their shoulders. And then we talked about what past experience have you had where maybe your back was turned or you weren't asking the questions or you were standoffish. So at that point, we take a few minutes and we make our list of norms. So we go through and we're like, here's the norms. Let's talk about what do you think went well? And what do you think the norm should be moving forward? We're going to do some difficult things this year and you're going to need the support like you did had today. So we go through, we list the norms, we write them up. I print out the pictures and they're hang up. And then moving forward, we'll revisit that. And sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. 
So, you know, it's a skill that they need. So I really take a lot of time to make sure that we, we, we kind of thread that through that common theme of leaning in and support and, and accomplishment throughout the year and their collaboration. When, when your students talk about this um, assignment, this experience, what do you think, what do they talk the most about? Like what, what is it that really hooks and draws them and, and keeps them, I guess, eternally hooked <laughs> um, on, on, on the whole collaboration and communication aspect of math? I think they realize at some point that they have built relationships. So, you know, this is like that beginning thread of that nurturing that belongs in a math class and that relationship building and really making sure that every student knows that they play a part in the solution. It's not just the student that got a perfect score in the SAT. And I think that they have a sense of belonging and and that like within the collaboration, we really talk about like, it's okay to not know what you're doing and not and be unsure, but, but your, your ideas have a purpose. And maybe if you're not engaging, you might notice something. And I think that like at the end of the year, when I ask for reflection and, and input for the upcoming classes, all the students, like I wrote down one of the quotes, they say that they, the thing they like best about the class is the relationships that they've built within the class and the sense of belonging and the feeling that the whole class is bonding. Oh, heart be still. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I want to be in your math class. Oh my gosh. This well, this crazy. is the thing though. It's really hard sometimes and it's challenging and it's that productive struggle. You know, when you're in the learning pit and you're at the bottom, it happens in math for all of us. And I think that many students feel like they're the only one at the bottom of the learning pit and they're alone and they don't understand that there's a team that's going to help you out. And, and it's the normalcy of it. So we try to, I try to normalize that, like the scared feeling. It's okay. I've had it. I've failed a quiz before I've failed a test before and you just have to, you know, replan and reshuffle. And I think having your peers understand and have the empathy, it's really important. Yeah. What's something that you've learned about yourself as a result of this lesson? I think it's probably like initially that I was alone and I didn't understand that I didn't need to be alone. Quite often in the college math courses, there's um, a culture of... Um, of what's the right word, a culture of almost like perfectionists and that you have to do really well and you have to get it right. And, and almost the struggle silently, like you really have to hide that you're struggling because you don't want to let on that you might not be capable. And I think that when, um, when this mathematician at Raytheon, who I know is really smart, is telling me this. And then recently I've read some articles about this, um, this phenomenon in the math classroom and, you know, really fostering a sense of collaboration for equity too. So those holes of, of 
lack of understanding, the whole missing components in your curriculum, maybe that you, when you're coming from a different school or maybe you were sick, that really helps to be filled in when you're collaborating with somebody because they might be afraid to ask me as the teacher. Like I can't ask her for the fifth time to post the link or what the homework is, but having that peer group and friend group to say like, what, you know, help me out here. Or I don't understand it when Mrs. Garcia is explaining it. Do you have, a, how do you see it? What's a different way to see it? I think those things are, are great. So yeah, I really struggled in college in my classes took me a while to understand that working, you know, asking for help with my other math majors was a, was an important thing to do. So I'm glad to give my students that skill. Is there anything else you'd like to share about this lesson, your students, your philosophy, anything? So I, I really think that like we, we need to think in our classrooms of the skills, not just the content. And really preparing them for the skills of the real world, like collaboration and communication. And I understand that in math, we really are building skills to keep doors open. I want to make sure that every student can get as rigorous of a math um, background as they can so they don't have to make choices of careers that don't include math, even if they have a passion for it. It's not always easy. Sometimes it is challenging, but it's always worth it in the end once you master it. But I, as a math teacher, I also try to look beyond the math and think about what else do they need and that, that kindness. How do you study? How do you prepare for an assessment in math? How do you take notes? How do you ask questions in class? And how do you, how do you form your, your community? So really talking regularly about our community and what's missing from our community. So we'll talk about the need. So it was, it was great this past year. I was state teacher of the year and I was absent once a week and I had a sub. So on that one day, I said, y'all need each other because I won't be here once a week. So we need to develop a network within us that we can you know, lean on each other and get information from each other and support each other in the times of need. So I, I mean, I'm really proud of that work and I'm really happy. And when they come back and they, I know that they're still talking to each other in college and texting each other for help. I, I, that, that makes me so happy. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so very much for sharing a little bit about not even just the lesson, but also about you. I have really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Um, I have learned so much. You made me. Just there were so many things that came to mind as you were talking. I just kept saying, in math, this is math. This is math. <laughs> um, exactly. That's what it needs to happen. Basically, so I, I have a, a poem where the last line of my poem says, I don't teach a subject. I teach a child. And that's yes. that's what I kept hearing in my head every time you you spoke, because as a classroom teacher, I am a communication teacher. So to to hear you have an emphasis on collaboration and communication, like you had me at hello. I mean, I was already, <laughs> I was already all in. But thank you so very much, Miss Lisa, for being here today and for sharing a piece of your classroom and your teaching with us. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful rest of the day and an even better um, tomorrow. Yes. Thank you very much, Stacey.
It was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for listening to the latest series of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. Let's keep the conversation going. Please share these lessons on social media with the hashtag NTOY22. That's hashtag N-T-O-Y-2-2. You can also catch up on the last two seasons on our website at ntoy.ccsso.org. While you're there, you can also learn more about and find ways to support all of our efforts to elevate teacher voice through the National Teacher of the Year program. Until next time.